You are listening to Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition podcast episode 003. Welcome to the Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more serve more, and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello, Kelly Botter here. Welcome to Godly MBA podcast. Today is kind of my fangirl moment. Our VIP guest today is the podcast answerman, Cliff Renverscraft himself. Before we get into the fun background story, allow me to introduce Cliff to you first, in case some of you, you don't know him yet. In December 2005, Cliff, together with his wife, Stephanie, they founded Generally Speaking Production Network, GSPN.TV. Since then, he has produced over 3,300 of his very own podcast episodes devoted to entertainment, family, faith, business, and technology. In December 2006, Cliff launched PodcastAnswerMan.com, where he has since helped thousands of individuals and organizations launch successful podcasts through his one-on-one consulting and coaching and through his podcasting A to Z online training course. If you were to look at the top 100 podcasts in the business category of iTunes, More than 50 of these shows were created by clients who work with Cliff. Now, here's a story. I remember I met Cliff in person in 2015. I have followed him for a couple years by then. He was the first keynote speaker at New Media Europe. His topic was about imposter syndrome. It was kind of God's way use him as a hammer to deal with my inner struggle about being a non-native English speaker and about to create a podcast. I went to him after his speech and asked him a question. I said, Cliff, I knew God is asking me to start podcasting, but I'm not so sure about it. He asked, what's your concern? I told him, well, on top of my accent, I concerned to mention about faith and business together. Would it kind of draw haters? He looked at me and smiled. Kelly, it doesn't matter what you do. There will be always haters. You just have to go for it. So here we are. Not only I did create this podcast, but Cliff is so generous to support this project by donating his time on the show. And we discuss some deep thoughts on business, life, faith, and his own entrepreneurial journey from $11,000 annual income to now over half millions and beyond. He surely didn't hold back. Now, let's check with Cliff. Cliff, it's such an honor 
to be here speaking to you. I mean, I'm in Switzerland, and you are in Northern Kentucky. Wow,、uh, this is a for me is a fangirl moment. So maybe we can share a little bit about that. You know,、uh, how did you become this well-known podcast as a man? Well, it was completely by design from the very beginning. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, <laughs> so for me, how it started was I have been a technology geek my entire life and have always enjoyed putting my message out to the world. Anybody who wants to hear about anything that I'm passionate about, well, then if they want to listen, I'm happy to talk. And when podcasting came out, I was really excited about it. It's like, wow, this is an opportunity for anybody. To talk about anything that they want and put it out and get an audience from all over the world, and they don't have to go through any kind of station manager. They don't have to go get a license to get this approved. It was crazy to think that anybody could create a program about anything and have a worldwide audience potentially. This was incredible. So I started thinking about creating my own podcast one day, and I decided to finally launch a podcast about the TV show Lost of all things. My wife and I were huge fans of this TV show, and it was just an incredible way of writing. Television had never been done the way that they were doing it, and they were putting all kinds of hidden clues and secrets in behind the scenes where you wouldn't actually pick up on most of it if you were just a casual viewer of the show. But if you really studied what was going on in the background, you'd see books that were laying on the shelf open, and you could zoom in if you had a screen capture of of one of the frames of the show that was、uh-huh. only there for maybe two seconds, and that book would give you an indication of maybe some of the influence for some of the writers and. Just hidden stuff like that, and I would research all of this information. And my wife and I would come to our microphones and record a podcast about the things that you probably didn't pick up when you watched this week's episode of Lost. And so, our mission and purpose for that show was number one to share our passion about this TV show, and number two to make our audience the king and queen of the water cooler at work. Wow! So that's how it got started. It was just a hobby. It was just playing around,、mm-hmm. and what happened was through the content of the show, the writers were writing episodes like Tabula Rasa, which is、uh, its word for starting over, clean slate, if you will. There was an, an episode about daddy issues. So basically, all good cowboys have daddy issues, and this was an opportunity for Stephanie and I to talk about family-related, you know, areas of、uh, interest to us. The show talked about so many different topics. We got to talk about marriage. We got to talk about faith. There was an entire episode called the Twenty Third Psalm, and there was a guy who may or may not have been a Catholic priest. I won't give any spoilers in case anybody <laughs> wants to to find out. But he quoted the Twenty Third Psalm, but he mixed up two of the verses,、oh. and and it was intentional by the writers. At least that's my theory. And if you intentionally reverse those two things, here's how it changes the meaning. And so I got to talking about that. And so just because my wife and I started talking about this television show, we began to get emails from people saying, "Hey, can I ask you a question about becoming debt free? Hey, can I ask you a question about your faith? Hey, can I ask you a question about marriage? You know, all of these different things." And we're like, "Wow, people want to hear us talk about other things." And what happened was, we realized that there were so many different questions that were being asked that. Initially, I started responding to everyone via email, and it was taking up so much time. And I realized that, man, the same questions are coming in from hundreds of people. 
I wonder if there's a way I could answer them in a podcast, but I know I can't answer them in the Lost Podcast because not everybody's come there for us to talk about our faith, our family, our finances, and stuff like that. So I created a second podcast. At the time, it was called My Crazy Life. It eventually became Pursuing a Balanced Life. And in this second podcast, it gave me the opportunity to talk about anything I wanted and I would respond to people's emails. And so in that podcast, we got to share our testimony. We got to share our debt-free journey. We got to share about our family, our marriage, uh, just our hopes and dreams. And, and it had a powerful and positive impact on the lives of others. And after about a year of doing that, plus creating some other shows along the way, I decided, wow, wouldn't it be great if one day, I mean, I know this is a pipe dream, but what if one day I could do podcasting as a full-time career? Wouldn't that be crazy? And so one year after doing it as a hobby, I launched this podcast called Podcast Answer Man. And in the very first episode of that show, I said, you know, my goal with this is to actually begin to get paid consulting work where I could actually be paid to teach people what I know and what I've experienced in the world of podcasting. And it would be a great thing if it, within five to 10 years, if I could do this full time. Well, that was episode number one in December of 2016. And one year later, I left my career in insurance after 11 years to pursue podcasting full time. Wow. You know, uh, I have been following you for a couple of years, this interview, and I went way back of your content. And I did not actually did not realize that you had before you, you know, become this full time podcast answer man, you had the six figure high income as a corporate job. And I think a lot of people did not realize that. Say, oh, you know, now we talk about Cliff. Well, Cliff is just because he, you know, he kind of just stamping upon the podcast, and then he just, you know, put his work in. We did not know actually there is a sacrificing and decision made. Yeah. And how would you say that? What is the role of faith play in that season of time? Absolutely. So I, I want to make sure that the record's clear here. Just for the sake of the record, when I got to the highest of my insurance career after doing this for 11 years, I was making $87,000 a year. So just shy of a six-figure income. But I live in Northern Kentucky and our cost of living here, $87,000 here is like $180,000 in California. So it, it goes all over the map in the United States as far as our cost of living. But for the record, I was making $87,000 a year plus amazing benefits to all expenses paid family vacations for our entire family outside of the country for one of them inside of the country for another. I had, I guess you could say the best job security you could possibly have. My mom and dad owned the insurance agency. I was next in line to take it over. And if I didn't leave that business, I would today, my actual, my mom and dad just retired this year. And this would be the year that I would own the agency if I didn't leave eight and a half years ago. And I knew that once I owned the agency, my minimum that I would be making is a half million dollars a year and potentially a great deal more than that. So when I made the decision to leave my career at the time, only making $87,000 a year, but still that being a significant amount of income in our area, I made a decision to leave that promise of the future. There are two things that played a role in it. Number one was my faith in God. And number two was the fact that Kelly, it was a soul sucking job that I hated. Okay. I, I was, I had all the potential to make all the money in the world, but to be honest with you, it only just barely, mm. barely scraped the surface of what I felt called to do in this world. So when my mom and dad 
asked me to come work for them 11 years prior to my quitting there. Uh, when they asked me to first start with them, they needed some help with their computers. They needed to network some computers and get their online agency automation software hooked up. And they knew that I knew how to do computers and I could figure it out. And so that's what they hired me for. And I said, I'll come work for you on the premise of two things that you'll agree to. And they said, oh, what's that? And I said, number one, you'll never make me sell insurance. I have no desire to ever sell insurance. And number two, you have to be okay if I decide to leave at any point in the future if I'm offered the opportunity to be a pastor full-time. Because my greatest goal is to be a pastor full-time and no matter how much money or how little money I am offered to, to be a full-time pastor, that's what I want to pursue and you have to be okay with me leaving no matter how much money I'm making with you at the time. And they agreed to that. Well, over time, I got the computers all hooked up and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, I was doing all of these quotes for my dad. These people were calling in for insurance, and I knew all the software. And so I taught him how to do the quoting. So he's doing all this quoting. And then all of a sudden, he's like, hey, can you quote this? Can you quote this? Can you quote this? And I'm quoting all these home and auto insurance policies. I'm punching in all the numbers, all the different variations, and I'm printing out the quotes. And all he's doing is picking up the phone and giving these numbers to people. And I'm like, wait a second, I could do that. He goes, well, if you get your license, you could do this. And I, there would be a, a commission that you would earn. And so I went and got my auto and home license. And eventually I got my commercial, well, in commercial. And then I got my life and health insurance license. And the next thing you know, I'm making lots of money doing quoting insurance and, and selling insurance. And so long story short, I, that's how I got into this. But what happened was, you know, I was doing ministry on the side. I was always like an associate pastor of a church and just doing that voluntarily, waiting for the opportunity that maybe one day I could do ministry full time and that would be my career. And so I started podcasting as a hobby, as I told you already. And those questions started coming in. And, and what I didn't tell you, that second podcast that I created, I think it was episode number three. It was titled Kim's Email. And Kim oh. says, Cliff, I listened to your podcast about Lost and you and your wife were talking about the faith episode, the 23rd Psalm, and you talked about your own faith. And I just can't understand why anybody who thinks as logically as it seems as you do, how you could possibly believe in God. How did you come to that belief? And I said, Kim, do you mind if I read your email in a podcast? I'll leave your name off of it if you want, but I would love to answer your question and I'll share with you my story about how I came to faith in Jesus. And she says, you can read my email. And she goes, if you want, you can leave my name in. That's fine. And I said, okay. So episode number three, I believe it was Kim's email. And so I hit the record button and I simply read her email. And then I just, from my heart, not anything prepared, just talked about how I came to faith in Jesus. And as a result of that, she actually came back. Actually, as soon as I published it, I sent her an email. I said, hey, I've responded to your email in this podcast episode. I hope that you'll have a listen to it. And a couple hours later, she wrote to me, responded to that email. And she says, Cliff, I have to tell you right now, I listened to your podcast while I was at work and I had to leave work. I was crying uncontrollably. The power of the Holy Spirit came over me. And at that very moment, I gave my life to Jesus. And I had to leave because I couldn't talk to anyone because I was so broken up inside and excited about this. And, they, and so I had to leave. She goes, now, what happens next? 
I'm so excited. And and so we began this relationship where I was able to help her begin this journey of faith that her her journey with God. And so that was just an awesome opportunity. And here's the deal. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other people had listened to that episode as well. And it was having a powerful and positive impact in the lives of so many people. And, I, and that's when I realized, wow, I have quite the ministry here. And over time, I ended up actually leaving all official ministry positions within the traditional church. Mm. And I actually took it upon myself that this podcasting stuff that I'm doing, this is my ministry. This is my calling. And I still felt like, okay, but God's only going to have me do this on the side. But after, after two years of podcasting as a hobby, it became clear that my career as an insurance agent was actually a distraction from what God was calling me to do. And that was to create this content and to have a powerful and positive impact in people's lives with the experiences that God has given me and what I've learned. And so after it was 18 months into it, I decided, my, actually my wife decided, you have to quit your job. And so I put a three month notice in and two years after the date that we started podcasting, I began podcasting full-time as my full-time career with no business plan. So there was no business plan, no understanding. And you talk about sacrifice. Mm. I told you we were making $87,000 a year plus amazing benefits. My wife, by the way, stay-at-home mom, three young children, okay? Now, um, I didn't talk about becoming debt-free except for the fact we'd mentioned our debt-free journey. We had just become debt-free in 2007. So we'd just become debt-free and we made a decision. This is what God's calling us to do. Insurance is getting in the way. And so we're going to pursue this. And my first year, starting January 1st, 2008, my first year, my income was $11,000 personal income. So I went from $87,000 a year plus all these amazing benefits to $11,000 net income for my first year in business full time. Now, the good news is that the business was profitable. Mm-hmm. I was the only employee and I made $11,000 net income. Now, the business was able to pay for its overhead. It paid for a CPA. It paid for my family's health insurance benefits. But when it came for us putting food on the table and you know all this other stuff, how did we live? We lived off of my final paychecks for my December income is how we lived in January. February, we lived off of my final Christmas bonus. Uh, in March, April, and May, we lived off of my tax refund from the year before. And then when we got into the latter part of 2008, we just barely eked by and we finally decided to do something. There was people that said, you should take out a business loan. And I'm like, listen, I'm not doing debt. That's not what I'm going to do. And so I had a pension and I decided to do something what everybody tells you not to do. I'm taking out, uh, what was it? $14,000 out of our pension is what I took out. And I worked with my CPA and my investment guy on this. And 14,000 is what I needed to take so that I could have 10,000 to live on and put $4,000 away for taxes and penalties. So this is how tight things were. And so we lived on that $10,000 for three more months. And then finally the business was able to make, to pay me $11,000 the rest of the year. That's how we eked by. And by the way, paying 25% taxes and penalties and all that stuff on the, on that money uh, seemed like a very bad decision financially. It was against what everybody told me I should do. But then after that, the stock market tanked and it actually, we ended up making money on the deal. So 
the rest of the money that that was in the uh, pension did not do as well as as the investment that I put into the business that year. I always say that God pays well. Yes, he does. He does. And I, I, I even teasing, uh, half teasing with most of my uh, clients. I say, you know what? I believe that, you know, Jesus is Jewish and then they are very good at ROI. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a similar situation. In 2008, my husband was laid off Ritz Carlton in, in Las Vegas. You know, all the benefit, everything. And just boom, that, that. We had two properties. After today, we still had two properties. And uh, that moment was, we did a similar thing that you did. Everybody told us, don't touch the pension. But we did not want to go to the debt. And so yeah. we did take our pension. And then, you know, God started to really say, Kelly, this is your call for the uh, marketplace. We both were volunteer as a marketing director of the church, local church. You know, everything volunteering, yeah, but God said it's time to go out the wall of the ministry. So I was so can relate to you when you say, you know, in 2006, you say, I always have feeling that I will one day enter into a life of full-time ministry and, yep. and leave the insurance world behind. I do want to say a couple things just because I, I, I do realize that a lot of people hear things and stories like this and they feel like, well, if Cliff can do it, so can I. And I just want to say, there are a couple things to, to understand about my journey. Number one is that I had been podcasting as a hobby for two years and I had done more in the area of podcasting than what you could possibly imagine. I, I think at the time I used to work 60 hours a week as an insurance agent. And when I started podcasting, I was doing 60 hours a week of insurance work and about 20 hours a week of hobby work on the side with podcasting. And that was just for the first couple months. And eventually I got to the place where I took my insurance work down to the minimum of four, the required 40 hours. And I bumped my hobby to 40 hours a week. And by the time I ended up quitting insurance, I was doing about 60 hours a week in podcasting and 40 hours a week in insurance work. So I, I want people to understand that there was a huge amount of investment in building the audience and the brand and, and the, the recognition of who I am and what I have to offer in the world. And the second thing that I want to tell people is that I had consistently hundreds of people around the world with tons of business experience, entrepreneurs, people who are financially successful saying, Cliff, you can do this. Cliff, you have everything it takes. Cliff, I know from experience, if you just left your career in insurance and pursued this full time and put all your energy to, into it, you would be successful. And so I had people who knew what it took to build a business. They were, those people were consistently telling me I had what it took. And I, it took lots of conversations with them one-on-one, -on -one, phone calls, face-to-face, for these people to convince me. And it was actually through, they indirectly convinced my wife first. I didn't believe it. She believed it first. And then finally she's like, listen, this is what God, God's clearly calling you to do this. And let's do this. That actually brought up a subject that often as a questions that we talk about, okay, we, when we wait on God something, we should see counsel. Right. Yes. And right when the especially important decision that like is, but I also feel very in intriguing to hear when you and Ray, you know, in Ray Edwards' interview, talk about in the end of the day you have to make a decision. And so, can we talk about a little bit like that? Say, yeah, you know, we are waiting for you know we are waiting for decision to be made. We see councils, but in the end of the day, how you go about to make your decision. 
Yeah, the, my my wife. I I wish I had her calendar. She she just gave a quote in her calendar. She she says there are two types of people in this world. There are maybe two types of people who fail. Those who fail to listen to anyone, and then those who listen to everyone. So basically, the idea is I, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. So obviously the scripture is in the life principle here is that we should be seeking the advice of others. If we are not seeking the advice of others, we're probably doomed to failure because we're going to miss out on the experience and wisdom and, and all the other things that people who have gone before us have to offer. And so that's why coaching and all these other things are so valuable is, is that we need the we need to be able to tap into the advice of others to see if they can give us a picture of what might be expected you know, that could help out a lot. Now, the problem is, though, is that people say, well, it says plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Well, here's the deal. If you have many advisors, chances are you're going to get many different pieces of advice. And so what do you do in that circumstance? Or actually, what do you do if you seek many advisors and it seems that every single one of them, all of them, a majority, it's just overwhelming. Everybody says you should do this. But in your heart, you feel something different. My feeling, my own personal experience is that you need to follow your heart. You, you Absolutely, you must go out and seek the advice of many advisors. You must go out and hear their stories, their wisdom, their experience. And at the end of the day, it's only after you've heard that and weighed it with what's on your heart that you make the decision. The, it doesn't say plans fail for lack of following the advice of everyone you sought the advice from. No, it says plans fail for lack of getting the advice, hearing the advice. It doesn't say anything about following it. So whatever you do, seek the advice and the wisdom of other people. And then only after you have that additional insight, then you make the decision that's right for you. And Kelly, I know this isn't a question that you asked, but it's something that is interesting and I think it would pertain to your audience. There's a lot of people I've had the opportunity to minister to over the years and they say, Cliff, I have this opportunity to move to Atlanta and stay with my company, but have a pay increase. Or if I stay here and I want to, and we don't move to Atlanta, if I stay here, I'm going to have to find another job and I'm just praying for God's will. Can you help me, help me pray for God's will? And I was like, Here's my honest answer to you. Number one, I don't think God cares whether or not you live here or in Atlanta. I think that that's a decision he gives to you and he's not going to be upset with you or more pleased with you whether you choose to live here or Atlanta. I don't think God's willing for you to make one of those decisions. I think God's will for you is clearly outlined in scripture and that is to love your your wife, to love your children, to provide for them, to care for your neighbor, to love him, and to put him first and then to love others. This is what God's will is. So I can tell you clearly, I, we don't have to pray about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I, know. I know what God's will for your life is. God's will for your life is this if you live here and God's will is the same if you live in Atlanta. Now you make your decision, go seek some wisdom and advice of other people about what are the different costs and benefits of doing those. And then make a decision in good conscience, knowing that God's not going to be messed up. His plan, his ultimate plan and his desire for you is not going to be thrown off by your decision to either live here or Atlanta. Yeah, I so agree. I don't know. I mean, in last 18 years, our family, we relocated uh, seven, eight places over three continents. And every single time that 
there are times we thought we have to be certain places. And I always say that God is bigger than our mistake. If we truly follow him by our heart, and even we make a mistake, you know, everything will work it out. Yep. Right. And I, uh, I, I always, I always say that I am not powerful enough to, <laughs> in, my, my mistakes are not power enough to thwart God's will in life. Oh, that's good. That's so great. So before this interview, I paused three Facebook groups, Christian uh, entrepreneurs. It's about 80, uh, probably somewhere about nine to 10,000 people. And I asked, what is your number one struggle in the marketplace? And they say this, they say, it's still the same. How to sell without being salesy or quote, you know, sale promotion versus kingdom promotion. Right. So meaning that how do you execute that your own promotion plan? I mean, we all have to do as a business owner in such a way that you feel comfortable about it and you feel it's effective for the result. Sure. Well, wow. First of all, I, I personally don't see that as a struggle whatsoever. None whatsoever. First of all, what do I see sales as? I see sh sales as two different things. And I'm trying to see if I can remember both of them because I'm going to go into one and I don't want to forget the other one. But the first one I'll tell you is just, it's shared passion. So, you know, I'm going to sell, I feel like I could sell ice to Eskimos if I was really passionate <laughs> about the ice. But, so it, it, it's basically me being passionate. It's like saying, wow, this is incredible. I am so excited about this thing right here. And this is how this thing has changed my life. This is how this thing has benefited my life. I am so glad that this thing has come into my life. And so by me being so excited and, and so elated about what this has done in my life, when other people hear me talk about it, they're like, I want that too. You mm -hmm. know, and, and so it, I, think, I think of sales as number one, just, just sharing what you know and what you're passionate about and what you're excited about. Sales is shared enthusiasm. It's the same way. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm passionate and excited about what Jesus Christ has done in my life. That, that this shared enthusiasm, this is, it doesn't have to be anything more than that. It's like, that's, that it's so, it's like, it's so hard to evangelize. No, it's not. It, it's, it's, not. it's so hard to sell. It's not. It's just sharing what you're excited about. So that's number one. And that's how I think about sales. Number two, as far as sales, you know, in, how do you, you know, manage the selling this, you know, the kingdom principle, what is it that we're called to do as a kingdom? And we're called to benefit and serve others, to add value to other people's lives. That's what we're called to do. And here's the other thing we're called to do. We're called to provide for ourselves. We're called to be responsible and, and you know, we're, we're called to provide for the safety and security of our family. The, you know, have, earning a living is something that is a worthwhile goal goal in the kingdom. And so if you're going to do work and earn income, why not create a business that allows you to do that and marry your ministry to it? So for example, one of the things that I do in my business is I teach people how to create a podcast. And today there are literally thousands of Christian podcasters out there who paid me to teach them how to podcast. And as a result of that, their message is being taken to the next level. There are literally thousands of people that I've taught who are creating a podcast who have actually created a business around their passion, about around their greatest area of interest. And today they're actually providing for their families as a result of the podcast and the business that they've built around it. 
And so I am effectively, number one, doing what I'm called to do, which is sharing my experiences in life, my experience in podcasting, all of these things, and taking all that I know and teaching it to others. But at the same time, I'm not just doing all that for free and then eking out just barely getting by financially so that I, you know, working somewhere else 40, 60 hours a week. No, I've actually, God's given me the opportunity to be paid well to teach the, from the experience that I have this gift of podcasting and also to benefit my family and to not just barely eke a living out, but to actually thrive financially for my family and to be in such a position that we're able to contribute to other people's lives and ministry as well. So I see this as what am I doing in my business? What am I selling? Am I selling something that takes away from people? Is it, am I selling something where I'm trying to get their money and I'm really not giving anything of the equal or greater value in return? If so, that's when I would have a problem selling. But as long as what I'm selling, whatever it is, a product, a service, time, whatever the case may be, as long as what I am giving them in return is equal or greater than the value of the money that they're paying me, then I have no, I feel like I am doing them a great service by making myself available for sale or this product available for sale. I see that as my kingdom work. Wow. Indeed, it's, um, I think it's a lot of time actually it's in the mindset, isn't it? It's how we view sales in this uh, situation. Since we are talking about that, uh, I would like to ask you about, about platform building, you know, okay. maybe specific about, you know, why owning a media platform such as podcast is one of the best way to create the impact and income. You know, versus a traditional way of kind of interruption marketing, that kind of thing. Sure. I, I First of all, I want to say that I have a video. Um, if you go to podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days, and that's 90-D-A-Y-S. So podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days. There are two different videos there. One's a short 10-minute video that says four reasons why everyone should create a podcast. And the other one is a 45-minute talk that I did at Michael Hyatt's conference called the platform conference where I share all the benefits of podcasting. And Kelly, I know that you were expecting me to share the smaller haystack and the smartphone and, and the greater influence and all that stuff. But there's really not enough time, I believe, in this interview. So if anybody yeah. wants more of that, go to podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days. But here's what I want to share with you, knowing that this question was coming and I've written this down here. Number one is the power of the human voice. Mm. All right. The human voice in a podcast can convey so much more than the words that you're saying. So, for example, you and I have had this conversation here and people are hearing my voice and they hear the passion mm -hmm. that's in my words. They hear the sincerity of the words that I speak. I believe that when you hear the human voice, you actually hear the heart of the human. And that doesn't necessarily come across as clearly in a blog. In fact, there are, I know one question that's a follow-up, you know, that always, I, I always get, should everyone have a podcast? Well, no, I don't think so. Especially if you're a creep. <laughs> I, I think, and when I say a creep, I'm talking about if you're a jerk, if you really don't care about people, you're in it for just the money, all of those other things. I think a blog would be perfectly sufficient for you because I believe you can be a jerk 
and actually come across as a really genuine human being in a written blog. I really do. But if you are a jerk, I don't care what words you say, it's not going to be hidden. You speak in an audio podcast. If you're a jerk, it's coming out. It's going to come out. You, you will be recognized for who you are because the human voice doesn't lie. I really don't believe it does. So that's what I love about podcasting. Now, by the way, I believe that everyone who wants to get their message out, including myself, I believe that an audio podcast is the single greatest platform for getting your message out there, for taking your platform to the next level. While I think it's better than blogging, I still believe blogging is essential and it has its place for every single one of us. When it comes to video, I still believe that audio podcasting gives many more benefits than, than a video will. And so that's why I do a ton of focusing on audio podcasting only, but I still create a lot of video content. I still have a YouTube channel. Now, do I believe everyone should have a YouTube channel? Not necessarily. And for the same reason that you shouldn't, not everybody should have a, 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 our podcast. So first of all, why podcasting? It, it, the human voice. Mm. And the second thing is, is that it's all about how people come to know, like, and trust you. The interesting thing with a written blog or a video, in both of those platforms, people who are consuming that content on average will give you four to 10 minutes of their time reading your blog or watching your YouTube video. On average, you got four to 10 minutes of their attention. Now with an audio podcast, if your show is 30 to 60 minutes a week, every single week, the average podcaster who enjoys your content will listen to every single syllable of every word you speak for 30 to 60 minutes every single week and will never miss an episode. That's the average podcast listener. And so people will say, well, you know, on my blog, I get 100,000 unique visitors every single month. And on my podcast, I, I put an episode out and gosh, Cliff, I've been doing it for six months now and I only have 470 downloads per episode. And I'm like, wait a second. You're telling me you only have 470 people who are listening to every single syllable of every word you speak for 30 to 60 minutes every single week for the last six months. Only 470? Have you ever spoken to a room that was filled with 470 people in it? Because if you did, you'd know the honor that comes along with that and the responsibility that comes along with that. Having 400, and, I would rather have 470 audio podcast subscribers than 200,000 people who randomly hit my blog and are on there for anywhere between 30 seconds to as much as seven minutes. Because that 470 people, they are truly, it's the tribe that you are meant to uh, serve. Uh, yes. And, and the fact is, is they're listening to you. When I first started my business, Kelly, here's what happened. People would say, Cliff, I found you as a result of a Google search and I see that you do podcast consulting. Can you tell me, can we set up a 30 minute phone call to see if you're the right person to work with? And I remember I would set it, schedule those calls. And another thing that would happen is like, hey, Cliff, I, so-and-so told me that I should talk to you about creating a podcast. Can I set up a 30-minute call to, or a quick phone call to talk about whether or not what you have to offer and see if I should hire you? And so before I had tons of content for Podcast Answer Man, the podcast, that was the thing. And so I would do all these calls. And guess what would happen, Kelly? I'd get on these phone calls, these free consultations just to talk about what I have to offer to make them feel comfortable in hiring me. 
And back in the early days, I ended up actually spending 45 minutes to an hour and about nine out of 10 of them, I answered all the questions that they would have paid me to answer anyway. And so after their initial call to see if I was the right guy, I'd already solved all, I've already solved all their problems or answered all their questions. They no longer needed to hire me. And there was no agreement ahead of time that there would be mm. any compensation for that. And so I found that's one of the reasons I only made $11,000 that first year. <laughs> so here's what I can tell you. After about a, after several months of content being built up, here's the things that started coming. Cliff, I found you as a result of a Google search about three months ago. And since then, I've been listening to your podcast every single week. In fact, I went all the way back to episode number one. And I would say in the last three months, I've probably listened to more than 50 episodes of your show. And, and so they're, they're saying things like this and then they're like, and now I'm ready to hire you. I thought I could do this on my own and you've got all the answers. You know what? I'm ready to hire you or someone. But so it's like Michael Hyatt just referred me to you. I've, and I, about two weeks ago. And in the past two weeks, I've listened to about 15 episodes of your show, which my show is on average, always an hour. So that they just told me that in the last three weeks, since Michael Hyatt referred them, they've listened to my voice for 15 hours in three weeks. And they're like, I'm ready to hire you. I want to sign up for your next $2,000 course. And I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And so much so that Kelly today, this is what happens. If somebody does every now and then I still get that email. Hey, I just found you as a result of a Google search yesterday. And I have this question for you. And I, you know what? I wonder if we can just get on a phone call and I'd like to just talk to you to get a feel whether or not working with you might be the right thing. And so today what I do is I respond and I say, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm so honored that you came across my site. I hope that what you found already has been extremely valuable. As far as set, scheduling a call, I don't schedule free initial consultation calls, but here's what I can tell you. I encourage you to go into my website or into a podcast directory, listen to the most recent three to five podcast episodes of my show. After listening to those episodes, if you are not 100% fully convinced that you should work with me, the answer is that you shouldn't. Because what I can tell you is within three to five episodes of my podcast, you will come to know, like, and trust me if you're ever going to come to know, like, and trust me. That's a, such a great strategy. And that's one of the great benefits when you have a podcast out there. And when you are saying no, if you are a jerk, it's not possible that your voice can be hidden you know, behind. That kind of reminds me right away well, I'm going to say that the Holy Spirit kind of dropped on my heart right away say, well, how did God create the whole world yeah. right? by, by his, his voice? Yeah. And we are obviously created in his image. So, Cliff, that, you know, I'm sure so many people follow your recent physical transformation. And I literally just got chuckled. Two things, you know, when I was watching uh, Chris Ducker interview you inside mm -hmm. his community, the other thing is you and me, when we met last year, we took a photo yeah. in Manchester. Yeah. I mean, I look at that photo, you know, that's September. Now it's only July of this year. Yeah. But now that photo and look at now you, it's a huge difference. Huge difference. Huge yeah. difference. So what kind of impact you think? that you have achieved, not just, you know, physically we all see, but on your community and more important as your role as a husband and father. 
Sure. So for those that don't know the backstory, you know, building this business, I was never one that was very health conscious. And you heard about the number of hours back when I was doing this as a hobby, working in insurance, doing working on this hobby on the side, an unreasonably crazy number of hours. I was not focused on my health and fitness at that time. And when I started this business, it didn't actually increase my focus on health and fitness at that time. And I got to the place where eventually I ended up weighing 272 pounds and I'm only five foot seven. So it was, it was an incredible amount of weight to carry. I ended up in the hospital after doing business for myself, my first full year and almost died in the hospital. I was there for two weeks and it was a gallbladder thing. They had to take my gallbladder out. And the whole story about how I almost died is a long story, but it definitely woke me up to the health and fitness issues. And so I started after I recovered from that surgery, I started caring about my health and fitness and it was a lot of up and down for about a year and a half. And I got to the place where I lost a significant amount of weight, but it all came back. And just over the years, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. And then in, it was November, 2014. So it's just 19 months ago, November of 2014, I was speaking at Michael Hyatt's platform conference and, you know, Externally, so many people thought, man, I want to be Cliff Ravenscraft. I want to do what Cliff Ravenscraft has done. He's done so many things. He's inspired so many people. He's, his business has transformed so many people's businesses. Financially, he's doing well, which, by the way, we sh- I, I think I should give an update that, you know, my first year I made $11,000 net income. And the following year, 2009, it was, it was still a financial struggle, but it was, it was, it was a better year financially. The business paid for us to put all of our food on the table. That was good. And a couple of years, I think it was around 2011, I started making more money than I'd ever dreamed possible. And today, on average, our, I'm still the only paid employee in our business. My wife is an unpaid employee. But uh, anyway, today, on average, our business makes just over a half million dollars a year. And Praise the, God. Yeah. And so <laughs> we're doing pretty well today. But here's what I want to say is that about November 2014, people are like, gosh, Cliff, I just want to do what you have done. And so I'm, I'm getting ready to get on stage and I'm, you know, I'm 268 pounds on November 14th, 2014. And just a couple months earlier, I had bought a brand new suit and, a, you know, one of those big fat guy suits. And so I had it fitted to me and everything. And then I go to wear this. I'm putting it on the morning that I'm supposed to speak at platform conference and the thing's already tight again. It's like, this is brand new. And it was just made. And it's like, this is tight. And I'm, I'm feeling self-conscious and I'm feeling, you know, just uh, judging myself. And I'm like, I, I feel like a miserable failure. I'm, I'm depressed about how I look, how I feel, what I know is happening physically for me. And here's the, the thing. I don't know that God is calling me to inspire these people to live the life that I'm living. You know, not not at the cost physically yeah. and fitness wise and health wise. I don't know that I feel confident in the message of helping people succeed if it means succeeding by doing it the way that I did it, mm-hmm. by completely neglecting your health and fitness. And so while people were I mean, I, I, I ended up I got on the stage and I gave my talk, which is basically the same talk as podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days, same exact talk. But. And by the way, if you for those who are if for those who are watching and see the video of me here on the screen right now, go and watch podcastanswerman.com slash 90 days just to see the difference. You would be you'll laugh when you see 
I, I was not laughing after I saw that video, but I posted it online anyway. I don't think we'll be laughing at you. We'll get inspired. Yeah, I think you would. But so here's the thing. I, I'm like, you know what? People told me after I spoke that day, they're like, wow, I'm so inspired. I'm so in this. And I'm like, man, I, I hate it every time somebody tells me they're inspired because I'm afraid that they're going to try to duplicate what I did. And I'm not happy about how I've done what I've did. There's got to be a better way. And that night, Ken Davis, who is Michael Hyatt's uh, business partner for the platform conference, he sat down and he says, Cliff, you know, if you're interested, we were, he's, he's known, I've spoken at all their platform conferences. And so he's like, Cliff, I've seen you going up and down, up and down. And he says, I want to tell you about my journey. And he told me about his journey of weight loss and health and fitness and what inspired him and his life change. He says, I wrote a book called Fully Alive. I'd love to give you a copy if you'd read it. He says, I, I, have, I don't do this for people, but I feel called to do this for you. I'd like to offer to be your mentor in the area of health and fitness. And he says, and, and by the way, Ken Davis is a world-renowned, you know, successful entrepreneurial uh, Christian comedian. I mean, people like his talks, he makes $27,000 for a, a keynote talk to go to speak at an event. This guy is incredibly successful. And he's saying, Cliff, I want to be your personal mentor if you are interested. And he says, but here's the thing. Number one, I'm, I, there are a couple commitments I'd ask you to, to commit to. Uh, number one, you'd have to commit to reading my book, Fully Alive. Number two, I'd want you to read this book called Younger Next Year. It's a book that completely inspired me about working out. He says, but that's not it. I would ask you to commit to working out six days a week, every week for the rest of your life. And he says, that'll start out being pretty much cardio all the time, but eventually I want you to get to the place where you're actually doing strength training, lifting weights, breaking your muscles apart two to three days a week. And he said, um, and he says, and there's one more. This was November. He says, in six months from now in Nashville, in my hometown, there's a triathlon and I want you to complete that triathlon with me. And I told him, I said, I'll do it. I, I, I have to do something. And so I thought that that triathlon was going to be what would motivate me and, and get me going. But once I read the book Younger Next Year, that's what really motivated me. And once I read what was inside of Younger Next Year, which by the way has, for those who are uh, creationist theory and you have no love for the evolutionary theory, you will struggle with this book because the doctor that wrote it, he preaches it as gospel truth. But what I can tell you is the same thing Ken told me. He says, listen, this book has a lot of evolution stuff and this guy is going to beat a dead horse with it. But what I can tell you is that's theory. You can, you'll work that out. You'll discern for yourself what you need to take away. But what I can tell you is the science behind the biology of ex exercise and the chapter on the biology of strength training, the cytokines, the blood flow, all of that stuff's pure science. It's real. It's genuine. It will change your life. It changed my life. I'll, all of a sudden, for me, health and fitness and working out wasn't about losing weight anymore. It was about being healthy. It was about what happens when I actually do work out. And since November 14th, 2014, I have worked out six days a week, every week. And I still plan on doing that for the rest of my life. I did complete the triathlon. My biological dad passed away like six hours before the triathlon. And I still completed that triathlon. I was out of town. This was a life transformational commitment to me. And uh, since then, I have lost over 100 pounds of fat. I've burned 100 pounds of fat. 
and put on 26 pounds of muscle. And so today I am 43 years old. I'm more healthy and more physically fit than I've ever dreamed of being in my entire life. I am stronger now than I've ever dreamed of being strong. And my wife is working out with me three days a week with our personal trainer. And my kids have started to say, dad, we want to work out too. So it's, so. it's been incredible. So as far as being a husband and a father, it's helped me to understand that there's things that are more important than business in life and health and fitness is my number one priority. Because if I, if I take care of that first, I know that I have the energy to give to my wife and kids and to give to my business. And, uh, and number two, putting my health and fitness first and living that out as an example helps me encourage and inspire those that I coach in the area of podcasting and business to not put this stuff before your family and your fitness and your health, that those things need to come first. Yeah. You know, as a question, we often heard that uh, we quote the verse to say, well, our body is temple of God. Uh, but how many of us that really take that verse literally? And uh, yesterday, I just posted my, uh, my personal one year after working three days per week at a gym because I never go to, I never went to gym. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not a gym girl. I hated gym. And so when I, when we moved back to Switzerland, when I told my husband, say, I'm going to sign up with gym. And he gave me a look like, we will see how long you're going to last. Yep. <laughs> but because I soon hit 50 next year and I thought that if I don't take care of myself, nobody will. And yep. I, I feel that like I'm not done yet. I have so much thing to do on this earth. So I got to say, Cliff, you play a quite a big part because it's just to see that, you know, trend with Cliff day in, day out, day in, day out. And I was thinking, if this young boy can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> that's exactly it. And that's the coolest thing. I've, I, I am aware today that in the last 19 months, there are at least 1,000 people who have told me that they have also read the book Younger Next Year and are working out four to six times a week and have committed to doing that every week for the rest of their lives. So to know that I've been able to do that for over a thousand people, Kelly, that actually means more to me than all the money I've made. And it means more to me. And and the interesting thing is since December of 2006, I've helped more than 25,000 people launch podcasts, over 2000 of them one-on-one. And Knowing that there are over 1,000 people in this world that are working out three or uh, yeah, three to six times a week, that is, it means more to me than anything. I think that I can say you got the MBA moment then. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. So I'm curious that, and I think uh, a lot of audience are curious, when is your next round of, uh, you know, the podcast A to Z course going to launch? How frequent you launch you actually through the years? Yeah, well, um, I've for the last several years, I started it in March 2011. I'm getting ready to do my 26th session of Podcasting A to Z, which is a four-week group coaching program and where each of my students actually have direct access to me as their personal coach for four weeks. So with my online course, you don't just get a bunch of tutorials. You actually get a bunch of tutorials. But you also get direct access to me, unlimited direct access to me for four whole weeks. I shut down everything else in my business, all of my other commitments, and 
I spend Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. doing nothing other than answering questions from 20 to 35 students in each of my courses. So uh, that's what podcasting A to Z is. You can find out more details at podcastingatoz.com. I have been doing four to six of these per year. I've had over 560 students go through the course. So far, Kelly, I'm the only person I know in the online space that has an online program that has a 100% satisfaction rating. I've never had a single refund. So that is pretty awesome to, to be able to say. And I don't see that ever changing, hopefully. And the other thing is, is that I do have one coming up on Monday, August 1st. Mm -hmm. And then my next session after that, I believe I have one more in October. Now, I say that I've done four to six a year every year for the last several years, but I'm getting ready to branch out and do some other things in the area of business and life and career coaching. So I don't know how many I'll be doing in the years ahead of podcasting A to Z. All I can say right now is that there is the August session this year. There's going to be an October session this year. And then next year, I assume that there'll be at least two or three of them next year. There could be four to six, but at least I'd see at least two next year. Well, we surely put all these links in the show notes. And that actually, I want to ask uh, that when you actually consider we do the business and live coaching, I think many people will be interested as well. So you mean that would be more like a next year? Uh, well, I'm already doing some online mentoring. So how I got started in podcasting is I started out with one-on-one, you know, just started out, you know, pay me by the hour. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget when I started, I was, I went to 95, then it was 150, then I went to 200 and then I went to $300 an hour. But I did years of one-on-one consulting for podcasting. And then once I got to the place where people were asking me the same things and I was given the same advice over and over again, finally, I started creating tutorials and when people watch my tutorials, I love it because they say, Cliff, I, I, had, I was watching my, my podcasting A to Z students. They'll say, Cliff, I was writing down as I was watching the tutorial, I had this entire two pages worth of questions that I was writing down as I was watching it. But by the time I got to the end of the tutorial, I didn't have any questions left. You answered them all. How did you do that? And I said, well, it's because I update these tutorials every time a new question comes in that wasn't in there before. And so, so yes, I am actually what I've, I plan on getting to the place where the life and career coaching style stuff that I do will be group coaching in the future and live events and conferences. But before I get to the place where I'm creating tutorials about these things, where I'm creating group coaching four week programs and stuff like that, I first want to work with people in the idea of mindset and life and career transition thoughts. I want to work one-on-one with people first. And I started out with just an hour at a time. Just a, I, I was offering one-hour brainstorming sessions for life and career coaching for $300. I don't offer that now. But right now what I'm offering is a mentoring program where if you'd like to have access to me one hour per week for a phone call or a Skype call, for one hour a week for three months is $3,500 at this moment in time. And I plan on doing that probably for the next three to six months. And then after that, I will take all of the things that are the most common issues that I'm, I find that these people are facing and I'll start creating tutorials and webinars. And then eventually I'll have a four week program that will design how to take somebody who is doing something that they love as a hobby mm. and how they can transition into making that their full-time career just like I did. Yeah. 
Wow, cannot wait, actually. W- without ruining their health and fit. W- <laughs> act- or maybe even while actually getting healthy and fit. That's actually mm-hmm. what I find is the case for most people. I know that some of you out there, you're like, listen, I've never had a problem with my health and fitness. And I say, congratulations, that is awesome. But I also know there are some of you out there that not only would you love to leave your day job that that is a soul-sucking career for you and, and find fulfilling work that you love, but you'd also love to do that and find health and fitness along the path. And that's my passion. Okay, last question, because I'm conscious to respect your time, Cliff. So if there's only one advice you can share with us out of the years that working in the marketplace successfully, what would that be? Always go into everything that you do by understanding the value that you have to offer based upon the experience God's allowed to have in your life. A lot of people out there think that I can't do anything of value until I go and get another degree or until I learn or read, read another three to five books or until I, what you don't understand is that whatever you're passionate about, whatever area of interest that you have, you already have some experience that is, is valuable to other people and look for ways to take that experience that you already have and start giving it to people and give it to people freely. Give it to people freely through a blog, give it through YouTube videos, give it through an audio podcast, but give the experiences that you already have to other people. So number one, you already have value to give to others, understand it, remember it and give it. And number two, there's always things you can learn. And so invest in taking your your area of knowledge, wisdom, and expertise to the next level. Go and experience new things related to that industry. Step out of your comfort zone, go to some conferences, try some things, and also be willing to try things that will fail and that will fail miserably because that's gonna give you so much valuable experience and advice and wisdom to offer to those who come behind you. Wow. I cannot thank you enough, Cliff. And thank you for adding so much value to me personally and all the audience. Thank you, Kelly. It's been an honor and I really appreciate this uh, opportunity to speak to your community. And I wish you continued and great success and congratulations on working out three days a week. That is awesome for one year. (laughs) I love that. Thank you, Cliff. Thank you. I trust you have enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Cliff has shared so much wisdom and insights in the show. For all the information we mentioned during the show, please visit kellybother.com forward slash 003. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We know you have given us your most valuable treasure, your time, and we don't take it lightly. We truly appreciate it. If you enjoy the show, Please share, subscribe, and give us your honest reviews on iTunes so my team and I can continuously produce the valuable content for you. And all the goodies we mentioned during the show and my free gift for you is at kellybother.com. Remember, you matter. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com.